stand to your feet and let's turn to the book of 2 Kings, the fourth chapter. Second Kings chapter 4, if, when you find it, somebody say amen or everyone say amen. Amen. Second Kings chapter 4. Verse 8, and it fell on a day that Elisha passed to Shunem, where was a great woman, and she constrained him to eat bread. And so it was that as off as he passed by, he turned in thither to eat bread. And she said unto her husband, Behold now, I perceive that this is an holy man of God, which passeth by us continually. Let us make a little chamber, I pray thee, on the wall, and let us set for him there a bed and a table and a stool and a candlestick. And it shall be when he cometh to us that he shall turn in thither. And it fell on a day that he came thither and he turned into the chamber and lay there. And he said to Gehazi, his servant, call this Shunammite. And when he had called her, she stood before him. And he said unto him, she said, and he said unto him, I think that's it. And he said unto him, got my tongue tangled around my eye tooth. I couldn't see what I was saying there for a second. Say it now unto her, Behold, thou hast been careful for us with all this care. What is to be done for thee? Wouldest thou be spoken for to the king or to the captain of the host? And she's answered, I dwell among mine own people. And he said, What then is to be done for her? And Gehazi answered, Verily, she hath no child, and her husband is old. And he said, Call her. And when he had called her, she stood in the door. And he said, About this season, according to the time of life, thou shalt embrace a son. And she said, Nay, my Lord, thou man of God, do not lie unto thine handmaiden. And the woman conceived and bare a son at that season that Elisha had said unto her according to the time of life. And everyone said, Amen. You may be seated. The Lord dealt with me about what I was going to speak to at the ministers in training this morning at MIT. And Brother Jesse touched on it somewhat. Just kind of leaving there and coming into here this morning. Walking into the realm of possible miracles. Walking into the realm of possible miracles. The reason most people don't experience miracles is because they never enter the land of vulnerability. They never enter into an area where God can actually give them a miracle. 
They have everything they want. They have it all mapped out. They have their life planned out. They have uh, what they do on Monday, what they do on Tuesday, what they do on Wednesday. And should uh, a sudden intrusion in their life that is not pre-planned, many of us would resort to the hand of man. I'm talking to you about entering into the realm of the miraculous. It's a nerve-wracking area. It's not an area that's an easy area to get involved in. We, we love to hear the stories of people who have experienced the miraculous. We like to hear what has taken place in their life and to hear the testimony and we revel in it and we go home and we think about it and we tell someone else about the great miracle, the, the great healing or deliverance or the happening that took place in that individual's life. But it's something that we are reluctant to get involved in because there are many insecurities, there are many unknowns when you walk into the realm of the miraculous. It's not a consistent life. I have to agree with Brother Mooney, and I've heard him say this, and and I have repeated it often and I'll continue to do so. He said, don't map out your life. He's telling this to most of the students there at Indiana Bible College. And he preaches to them and he says to them, don't map out your life. In other words, that you have it all planned and this is how it's going to be. He said, because most likely when you map out your life, you're going to miss the best that God has for you. When you do not allow the intrusion of God's Spirit to bring the miraculous into your life, you miss the best that God has for you. We see this story here is an amazing story. The Bible says, and we read to you here in verse 8, that Elisha went to a house, and the Scripture calls this individual, this woman, a great woman. Doesn't doesn't just refer to her as a woman, but she is a great woman. Now, I'm not sure the scripture doesn't make uh, any other reference than that. What makes her great? But I see a little bit further on that the prophet says, you've made this room for me. You've prepared this bed and this table, and, and here it's a comfortable place. What can I do for you? I, I, I can get you an audience with the king. I talk to the king regularly. I, if you want to talk to the general of the great host, the army, I can get you an audience with him and perhaps get some of your family members. Maybe we can find the position for them. I, I can help you out if, the, if that's what you're looking for. And she says, no, I don't need any of that. I dwell comfortably with my own people. Now, I didn't do it to find favor with you so that I could rise in position in life. I did it because you are a man of God and I wanted to bless you. This is a great woman. And we here today are ordinary people, but we can walk in greatness if we will allow God to raise us up to a different level. And when I say we, if we will allow God... If we will make ourselves vulnerable 
to put ourselves in a place, in a position where God can actually work in our lives that we had no uh, hand in, that no one else had any uh, operation or hand in. And we say, God had to be here. That had to be God. There was without any doubt in my mind that God performed the work that took place there. So the prophet, he's thinking to himself and he perhaps thinking out loud, talking to this man, this servant that was traveled with him. And he, he keeps talking. He's saying, what can we do for this? She's done such a nice thing here. And this is a nice place. And when I, uh, he would travel and preach a circuit. He was a circuit preacher. And he would go to various towns and villages and preach. And when he would come to the, uh, this town here, he had a nice place to stay. And he, he said, you know, I, I've got to do something. I, uh, what, what can we do? And the servant said, you know, her husband is elderly. He's older and, and they have no children. Oh, he says, no children. So he said, you go call her and tell her to come here. And so he's sitting there in his chair in his little room that she had prepared. And she comes and she stands at the doorway and he says, I understand that you have no children. And he said, about the time of life. In other words, in about nine months, <laughs> you're going to have a son. And she looks at him and with an, this look of an, don't lie to me, man of God. <laughs> In other words, I've had my hopes many times that something was going to happen and nothing has happened. And here I know my husband is getting up in years and, and I'm certainly not getting any younger. And, and don't please don't lie to me. And he, and he says, but in about the time of life. And the scripture said, and at the time of life, she had a son. No, when you walk in the, in the area of the miraculous, I, I'm trying to reach to us today and pull us out of the ordinary circumstances that we're all in. You know, we all get up, we all go to work, we all do the same thing every day, and we could uh, look on a calendar and say, well, I did that this day, and I did this this day, and I'll repeat it next week, and next week ad nauseum. But you know what? That God wants to raise us up. You know, God wants us take us to take us out of that comfort zone, that area of pride that we've been living in for a long time that we call a comfort zone. I had a callus on my hand, and I have a couple of them, and that is a protection that my body has developed to keep uh, sores from developing on my hand when I use uh, a piece of equipment. It just, it's there, it's a protection, you know. And pride builds up in our lives. We say, God wants to do this through me. And, and somebody comes up to you and prophesies and says, God's going to do that, this, the, or whatever uh, that is said over you. And so you take that and you expect God to do it. And he will do it. But you have to open yourself up to a vulnerability to allow God to use you. And it's not easy. I told the class this morning, any one of us in here 
anybody in, in this room that I'm talking to right now, every one of us could be in a position where we could get up and tell something great that God has done in our lives because God is no respecter of persons. He doesn't say, well, I'm going to bless this one and not this one. If you want something from God, you can receive it. It just all depends on how much sacrifice you're willing to give. And what do you sacrifice? You sacrifice that pride. You sacrifice that area that this is who I am. Amen. You know what? God wants to change you. I told him a story that Brother J.T. Pugh, I heard him tell it more than once. And he said he was in West Texas. And, and he said the pastor had asked him to come and preach. He was a young man. And this was his first pastorate. And, and Brother Pugh said, yes, sir, I'll, I'll be there to preach. And he was, uh, he went, uh, as he preached, and then he looked over at the pastor and he saw that he had cowboy boots on. And he said, nothing wrong with cowboy boots. I, I like them myself. And, but he said they were all scuffed up and they were all dingy looking and they were dirty and looked like he'd been tromping through the mud. And, and, he, and, uh, and, the, and the, the, the guest pastor was just so thrilled to ha have Brother J.T. Pugh there, you know. And Brother Pugh went over to him and after service and said, Brother... He called him by name. He said, uh, could I give you a little bit of advice? Oh, yes, Brother Pugh. And thinking maybe he was going to tell him some great thing. You know, I, I remember a man named Naaman. He, he thought, maybe the prophet's going to tell me to come out and do something great. But the prophet didn't even come to the door. He sent his servant to the door and he said, dip in the river Jordan seven times. He said, that ain't great. Aren't the rivers of Damascus much cleaner, much better? And so he, this young pastor said, oh, yes, sir, Pastor uh, Brother Pugh, tell me. And he said, Brother, I recommend that you polish your boots. And the pastor looked at him, polish my boots? He said, yes, Brother, I, I recommend that you polish your boots. He said, oh, Brother, but I'm humble. He said, you know, I, I, I'm just a country boy. I'm just a country preacher. And he said, that's what I'm telling you. I'm from West Texas, too, and I'm telling you to polish your boots. You know what he was telling him? That he had built up a callus around. His dirty, scuffed boots were more important than growing into the kingdom of God. I'm telling you that some of you have built up a callus, and you've got this area of pride in your life that God can't reach you. What Brother Pugh was saying to the man, God's not going to be able to elevate you any higher than your scuffed up boots. And you're going to stand behind the pulpit in this little town, in this little church for years to come. If I don't tell you, you need to shine your boots. There's shining boots is not going to take you to heaven. But it might remove the pride out of your heart so that God can bless you and use you. I'm talking to somebody today. You've got an area of your life uh, that you've got it enshrouded and you've got all this pride built up in your life uh, and you think, well, because I've done this and I've done that uh, and God should look down on me, amen, uh, I'm glad for all that you've done. But you know, it's God that elevates, not what you do. It's, he said, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God and God will exalt you. Humble yourself. You know, pride is a very slippery, subtle thing. It, as it did in this man's, uh, this example, it was around his scuffed up, dirty boots. You would think, uh, pride about that? But you, 
take a little moment. Just take a moment. I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to speak to your heart and your mind. What have you got your pride built around and built up? Speak to everybody, Lord. What, is, what, is, what are you holding fast to? What that would hinder you from going forward or going up in the kingdom of God? Here, the scripture says that this woman, she said, don't lie to me, man of God. But about the time of life, she submitted and God brought forth a son in her life. Amen. You know, the moment, this was what makes us great. Jesus said, if you want to be great, the first shall be last and the last shall be first. You need to humble yourself. And she, she was a great woman, but she humbled herself. The scripture goes on to say, and the child was grown. It fell on a day that he went out to his father, to the reapers. I can imagine they loved on this boy and they doted on him and whatever he wanted. You know, he was the child of their old age and he, he was the apple of their eye. You can imagine just, just thinking for a moment. And, and, he, and all of a sudden the scripture says that he, he said to his father, my head, my head. And he said to the lad, carry him to his mother. And when he had taken him, he brought him to his mother and he sat on her knees till noon. And then he passed. He died. And she went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God. Now here is the difference right here. Here is where God wants to make a difference in our life. The first thing she did, she said, he's the one that brought him. He's the one that said he was coming. I'm going to give him back to him. Amen. Are you with me this morning? She took him up and laid him on the bed of the man of God and shut the door upon him and went out. Now there's something very powerful about this. She got the servant here and she went up and she called unto her husband and said, Send me, I pray thee, one of the young men and one of the asses that I may run to the man of God and come again. And he said, Wherefore wilt thou go to him today? It's, a, it's not a new moon. It's not a Sabbath. It's not a holy day. It's nothing special. And she said, it shall be well. Now here is where God uh, shows himself to be miraculous in her life. Now she's stepping into a, a different realm. Now she's really starting to believe. Now something's taking place in her life. You know, she's walked in the normal. She's walked in the, in the everyday and the mundane. And she, yes, she received this blessing from the man of God this son, but now he has passed and she said, I'm going to give him back, put him back in the room where the man of God stays. But she said to her husband, it shall be well. And when she said that, she stepped from the normal to the abnormal. She stepped from the ordinary to the extraordinary. She stepped from an area which was every day and nothing happened to the extraordinary where God performs the miracles. Somebody shout amen. 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 She saddled an ass and said to her servant, drive and go forward. Slack not thy riding. For me, except I bid thee. In other words, you drive that animal and you go forward. 
you know what? It's time for us to change. It's time for us to enter into the realm of the supernatural. You know, if, you're, if you always do the same thing, uh, that's the results that you're going to get is the same thing that you've always gotten. But if you want to walk in the realm of the supernatural, you've got to step into the area of the supernatural. You've got to believe that God will do it. I'm preaching this is an apostolic message. This is a message from the Bible. I know that we live in the everyday and we can't see it but I'm trying to help you to see it today to step from the natural into the supernatural verse 25 and said so she went and came into the man of God to Mount Carmel and it came to pass when the man of God saw her afar off that he said to Gehazi his servant behold yonder is the Shunammite now there's a he recognizes her shape. He sees her from a long way off. He said, run now, I pray thee, to meet her and say to her, is it well with thee? Is it well with thy husband? Is it well with the child? And she answered when the servant got there, it is well. This is so, so very powerful. I'm preaching to somebody this morning, maybe all of us, uh, that we are to enter into a level of the supernatural that you believe God that God can do something even in your life. It's not enough for you to look at Sister Freeman and say, isn't God wonderful? God did many mighty things in her life. You know why God used her? Because she was willing to sacrifice the pride that she had. You need to read her books. See, there was a lot of struggles in her life. She wasn't always known a Freeman on the mountaintop. There were many days, weeks, and months, and perhaps years she was Nona Freeman down in the valley, slugging it out, uh, trying to find her way, trying to figure out what was going on in her life. Uh, but she was willing to sacrifice her pride. And if you will sacrifice your pride, God will perform the miraculous in your life as well. He's no respecter of person. He's no respecter of person. God wants to give me a miracle, doesn't he? God wants to give you a miracle, doesn't he? Amen. I'm starting to get some of you to affirm and say, yes, God wants to give me a miracle. God wants to give me a miracle. God wants to give me a miracle. Somebody needs to say it with me. God wants to give me a miracle. God wants to give me a miracle. Somebody say it with me. God wants to give me a miracle. If I can get you to affirm that God wants to give me a miracle, then miracles will start taking place. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 says, Be not conformed to this world. Verse 2. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You know, the mind, we're so susceptible to what goes on around us. Well, it's another day, another dollar. Just getting, making it through. Just making it through. <laughs> you know, that's life. If all you're doing is just put one foot in front of the other, and I solved a problem, the same problem will be back next Wednesday, and the, and the next Wednesday, and the, and the next Thursday, and the, and the same old problems. Hey, those, that's the mundaneness of life. Be not conformed to this world. Uh, the world has a 
has a way of pressing you into its mold and its to its shape to conform you to be like everybody else. I guess this is happening to so and so. This is going to happen to me. You need to stir yourself and shake yourself and say, I'm not like everybody else. Because I'm a child of God. I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. I've been baptized in Jesus' name. And I'm walking with the King. I'm not like everybody else that drives down the road. I'm different. I'm a child of God. We need to tell ourselves that more often. Hallelujah. I'm just going through life. I'm, I'm just going to... Sada, sada. Hey, no, I don't say sada, sada. No, whatever will be is going to be. No, 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 no. That's not who we are. We're not, we don't live a life of randomness. It's not, our life is not just a roll of the dice. It's not just, well, when it's your time to go, it's your time to go. No, I don't believe in that. People tell that, say that all the time, and I don't necessarily challenge them every time. But I believe what the Bible says, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. I believe that God's in control of my life. And he's the one that brought me into this world. And he's the one that's going to take me out of this world. He's in control. And so she said, it is well. It is well. It is well. wonder what would happen if we started responding by saying, it is well. When she knew the outward sign said, no, it ain't well. It's bad and getting worse. Right? But she said, it is well. You know what? She was walking from the land of the normal to the abnormal. She was walking from the uh, just the ordinary to extraordinary. She was starting to believe what the man of God had said the day she believed when he said, you're going to have a son. She said, okay, I didn't ask you for it and it, you gave him to me and now I'm holding you responsible for him. When she came to the man of God to the hill where she, he was staying, she caught him by the feet, but Gehazi came near to thrust her away. And the man of God said, let her alone, for her soul is vexed within her. And the Lord hath hid it from me and hath not told me. I don't know what's going on here, but God is doing something miraculous. I don't know what's going on in your life here, but God is doing something miraculous. Warren Buffett said he sees about a hundred offers a week come across his desk. And he said, most of them are ordinary. He said, but I see at maybe one a week that comes by that's extraordinary. He said, I could take a lot of ordinary offers. He said, but I'm looking for the extraordinary. And there are a lot of offers that come by, but you're only looking for one. The one that God said, this is the one. If the, you're a sheep of his, you know his voice. And when he calls you, you're not going to doubt. You're not going to say maybe. You're not going to say that might happen. But she said, I know you've got the answer. Somebody shout amen. She said, did I desire a son of my Lord? Did I not say, do not deceive me? Then he said to Gehazi, gird up thy loins. In other words, get yourself ready to run 
and take my staff in thine hand and go thy way. If thou meet any man, salute him not. If they, any salute thee, answer him not again and lay my staff upon the face of the child. And the mother of the child said, as the Lord liveth and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. And he arose and followed her. You know, there's something persistent when you leave the land of ordinary into the extraordinary. Amen. When you leave the land of the mundaneness unto the abnormality, meaning it's a miraculous area and you start getting your mind fixed. It's not time to get a mind upon the things of this world. This world's crazy and it's getting crazier. I'm here to tell you that the word is steadfast. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall never pass away. Some of us walk in the ordinary so long that it's hard for us to even conceive that there is a land of the miraculous. Right? We've had so many things happen to us in this life. So many bad things. So many things that we've begged for. What we didn't believe for before. And suddenly it happened to us. And we started begging God for what we didn't even believe then. It was just a, a natural reaction. Kind of like a fire escape reaction. Uh, this is uh, the only time we use it. A fire escape was that when there is a fire. It's not something that is normal. Use a stairway when it, it, everything is going well. And you haven't walked the stairway of the miraculous. Uh, and suddenly you jump on the fire escape thinking that God's going to come through for you. When you haven't believed all along. It's time for us to get into the land uh, of believing and receiving. Uh, even before something happens to us. I see that this woman, uh, she was believing even a long time before the man of God came along. Amen. It's time to stir ourselves of our spiritual lethargy and say, oh, hallelujah, I believe in the miraculous. This is a miraculous church. Everybody that has the Holy Ghost, would you raise your hand? Receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost is a miracle. You touch the miraculous when you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I, I didn't learn to do that. Uh, that's not something that I thought up myself or I, I, I did certain uh, maneuvers or, or thought of a certain work that I could get the Holy Ghost. No, the Holy Spirit came upon me by the power of God. They spake in tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance, the Bible says. And when you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you stepped a little bit into the land of the miraculous. That Holy Spirit given to you is to help you and lead you and guide you into further into the land of miraculous not just so you can speak syllables or speak in tongues and say well I got it I got what we have in the book of Acts chapter 2 verse 38 but I've got something that will take me further into the land of the miraculous to believe God to see greater miracles to see what God really wants to do in my life you think this Bible was made up of uh, people who were different than you and I? Everybody in this Bible was a human being born of a woman uh, and a man uh, and just like you and I. But somehow they got a hold of God. They got a hold of the miraculous uh, that they could believe God for anything. The problem is we live in the miraculous for an hour and a half on Sunday morning and Sunday night and Wednesday night. And then the other hours of the week, we live in the ordinary. We fall right back into our rut. 
and start talking the language of the world but be not conformed to this world but be you transformed there is a language that you can talk and live in and walk in and that's in the miraculous this is just here to uh, regrouping this is just here we're here to encourage ourselves and to worship the Lord and to take this Holy Spirit that we've got he gave us the Holy Ghost so that we can walk in the miraculous seven days a week 365 days a year I've got a few of that. Are you with me? Amen. But the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost. Jesus said on, in John chapter 7. On that great day of the feast. He said. If any man thirst. If any man thirst. If any man thirst. Problem is, we've been drinking st- other stuff of the world, you know. Walked into Speedway over here and uh, wanted some water. It was kind of hard to find the water. <laughs> I had, uh, you know, all these energy drinks and uh, Gatorade. And uh, I just, just, where is just plain old H2O? You know, that's all I'm looking for. That's what I want, just water. Oh, I said, well, we put it down over there in the corner. I said, that's what I want. I want water. You know, sometimes we've been drinking so many other things that we forgot what real water. You know, your body cries out for water. You've been drinking Diet Cokes and Dr. Pepper and Coca-Cola and Mountain Dew or whatever you drink. Some people, I know a man, he lived on iced tea and I said, you know, I told him I was teasing him one day and I said, your body's going, water, water. He said, there's water in there. I said, yeah, it's got all kinds of stuff in it. I said, why don't you just give it just some pure water? I'm trying to give you some pure water from the word of God today it doesn't have a lot of stuff in it there isn't any sugar in it there are no chemicals that have been added to make, to, for, for freshness taste it's fresh you know I, I remember one time we went fishing and we caught the fish and we skinned them and we ate them right there on the beach never had any fish quite like that it tastes so fresh well it was fresh I saw at the went to the supermarket and they said fresh fish and I said when was it caught oh about two weeks ago and I said that's pretty fresh you know it's been in the freezer back there and you thawed it out and you brought it out here Uh, well you know I guess it still tastes like fish but uh, it's not the same I'm telling you this morning uh, that when that reignition uh, ignition of the Holy Ghost comes into your heart uh, and you start believing for the miraculous and the Bible says uh, that the man of God ran to the house He said here in, in 2 Kings, he said, what? I lost my verse. I got it back. <laughs> so there wasn't anything going on there. And he said, what? And Gehazi passed on before them and laid the staff upon the face of the child, but there was neither voice nor hearing. Therefore he went again to meet him and told him, saying, the child is not awake. You know what? He, the Gehazi, was just like everybody else in the world. Well, you tried, but it, you failed. You tried, you failed. You tried, 
you know what? I, I'm, Brother John, I'm going to keep on trying and keep on trying and keep on trying and keep on going and keep on trying until the answer comes. Amen? The scripture here said, And when Elisha was come to the house, behold, the child was dead and laid upon his bed. Verse 33, He went in therefore and shut the door upon them twain and prayed unto the Lord. And he went up and laid the child and put his mouth. He was going to give him CPR. Amen? And his eyes upon his eyes and his hands upon his hand. He stretched himself upon the child and the flesh of the child waxed warm. Then he returned and walked in the house to and fro and went up and stretched himself upon them. And the child sneezed seven times. And the child opened his eyes and he called Gehazi and said, Call this Shunammite. So he called her. And when she was coming to the room, he said, Take up thy son. Then she went in and fell at his feet and bowed herself to the ground and took up her son and went out. I want you to know that God still performs the miraculous today in 2019. He still does it here in this church. He still does it here in this city, in this state. It doesn't matter how many people don't believe, God still does the work. There can be people that are even close to you. As Gehazi was to the man of God. Said, well, he's still dead. I tried. Laid the staff on. And you know, people can look at you and say, well, you tried. And pat you on the back and say, well, it'll get better. You know what? You need to just ignore them. In a godly Christian sort of way. (laughs) And you need to believe the word of God. Amen? Hallelujah. When the man of God didn't lose hope in what God was going to do in that young boy's life. Hallelujah. I'm trying to tell you this morning, we can walk in the miraculous if we will step out of the ordinary. Amen. If we will step out of the ordinary. If you want extraordinary results, there comes sacrifice. You want to be Sister Nona Freeman, then there comes some sacrifice. There comes a time when you're on a boat in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean and your child is dying with rheumatic fever and you've prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and and none of your prayers are working and you say to God, and this is what Sister Freeman did, she said, God, lay somebody that has a word of faith on on their heart, me and my child here, and they will pray the prayer of faith to save my child. Three months journey. Going from New Orleans to South Africa. In the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. You know that ship is cruising through. And and she's, oh God, oh God. My baby's dying, my baby's dying. The medic on the the ship. I'm just a medic. I don't know what to tell you what to do. But God, there is an answer. That's sacrifice. That's humbling yourself. Amen. That's getting to South Africa and you're going through all kinds of circumstances. And Sister Freeman even acknowledged herself. She said, there were many days that I was in the valley of depression. But you know what? You don't stay there. 
It's time for us to come to the surface. Amen. It's time for us to believe that God will work for the miraculous. And yes, we heard her when she was in her 80s and even in her 90s preaching the gospel. But it was because of the many days of sacrifice. It was because of the many times that she had trusted. And you know, if you're going to trust and believe God, you're going to have to leap out of your comfort zone many, many times. I'm preaching this morning to somebody that really needs this today. Hallelujah. Maybe it's me. Maybe I need to learn to get out of my comfort zone and believe God for the miraculous. I believe that God wants to do so many miracles for us in here today. Hallelujah. 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 Let's stand to our feet right now. Would you raise your hands to Jesus? I believe that God wants to change some hearts and minds. You've been fixed in a way in your mind so many times. But God wants to take that mind that's after the world that's been molded and shaped by the world. He wants to take it and shape it according to his word. He wants to transform it according to his word. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. God can renew your mind if you will say here I am Lord I'm tired of thinking for myself I'm tired tired of trying to figure it all out I'm tired of speaking a different language when I get home from what I've spoken in church and I'm giving my mind, my heart, my life everything to you God Oh, hallelujah. You've heard the voice of the Lord. Would you come forward and pray right now? Would you lay it all on the altar? Would you lay it on the altar right now? Would you lay it on the altar?